0: Okay, so we are very close to your being free. Um, So I'm just going to speak for a few minutes. Sean's going to make some announcements. We're going to close formally for the day with sharing merit (laughs) of our practice, which is a form of loving-kindness practice. So uh, just to recap some, I really believe equanimity is always present. Uh, when we do these practices, it has to be, otherwise wisdom is not present. And it's the equanimity factor that keeps the Brahma-Vihara state from, either it keeps it from slipping into its near enemy, or it helps us return from the near enemy, which I honestly think we go to anyway. um, I think part of the journey... To the, and this is just me, this is not canonical. Uh, I think part of the journey, inevitably, of developing one of the Brahma it's through its near enemy. It's like we come to a better, finer experience of loving kindness by going through attachment, a better, finer experience of compassion by going through that kind of grief or feeling shattered by seeing of suffering, and so on. Um, The near enemy, since someone asked, of sympathetic joy, it's described in different ways. The way that makes the most sense to me is comparing. We're actually looking at someone else's status or situation, not so much to rejoice for them, but to kind of figure out something about ourselves. So it has some resemblance but it's really very different than than sympathetic joy. And the near enemy of equanimity itself is indifference. So equanimity is not indifference. Could say it's wisdom that will return us from indifference to equanimity. So I think we go through those spaces. I do think it's part of the journey. Uh, but we learn how to come back. We learn that skill of realizing this is like a, another state and returning to a place of much greater strength and stability and, and balance. Equanimity in the as the voice of wisdom is always there. We do tend to use loving kindness as the platform or the vehicle for all four. Uh, as we did, you can emphasize compassion. There are other ways of doing it, so you use distinct compassion phrases, uh, but you can also do it using your same old loving-kindness phrases, whatever they are, but the recipient is like that friend who's struggling. It's someone you know who is suffering, so that brings in the element of compassion. That friend who's doing well brings in the element of sympathetic joy. So even within the same structure, of the loving-kindness, using those same phrases, if you want, uh, you can bring in those other states as well. I just want to emphasize again that this is like a real-life practice. It's not massively idealistic or uh, removed from how we actually live. Um, And that if we find balance between loving-kindness for ourselves and for others balance between compassion for ourselves and for others balance between trying to make a change in this world and recognizing it's not all in our hands that we're not in control then they become really living vibrant qualities and you know of course tomorrow we'll go much more into we'll take another swing through the brahmviharas and mm-hmm and emphasize the the factor of equanimity and how it it plays out. Um, I'm gonna uh, just tell this story about teaching with a friend of mine named George Mumford, um, whose book is coming out soon in May, where's his publisher, maybe gone? Um, um, may 5th, I think it's coming out, so we were George is the, um, he's an old, old friend. He is currently the meditation coach for the New York Knicks. So if you say that in New York, everyone makes like this really sour face, you know, because they're apparently not doing very well at all. And so I always say, well, first of all, he's not the coach. He's the meditation coach. And second of all, he just got there. Uh, (laughs) But before then, he was, the, he was the meditation coach for the L.A. Lakers and before that for the Chicago Bulls. So clearly Phil Jackson takes him wherever he goes. So George and I were doing an evening together teaching in New York City. And uh, mostly I was interviewing him. I was asking him questions. So I said, do you use the word mindfulness? And he said, now I do. You know, it used to be I couldn't use that word. It was just too alien. But now, you know, it's so popular. It's so much more commonplace. I say mindfulness. So then I said, do you use the term compassion? And he said, no, that's too much. <laughs> but I knew he must be teaching the quality, right, of loving kindness and compassion and, and so on. so I said, what do you say? How do you describe it? And he was quiet for a moment and then he said, don't be hating." <laughs> Just like, don't be hatin' on yourself, don't be hating on others. And I thought, how cool is that? So that's my favorite new way of describing loving kindness practice. Um, and it was very interesting talking to him because, I mean, he was mostly, in a way, he was reflecting uh, Phil Jackson's sense of leadership. Where you have people, and I'm saying this because somebody brought up uh, something about individual, like ambition, when, we're, when I was sitting here. And so you have people who are really striving toward individual excellence, and they need to. And you also need to understand your team, and that it's not all about you in the end, that it needs to be the sense of being part of a whole or part of something greater than just your own skill. You need to feel like you're part of a team. So someone asked George, like, how in the world does he provide that sense in a world where it's so much about yourself and doing what you do so well, so brilliantly? And um, George said, because that's how you win. That's actually how you win. That's how it works. And if we look more deeply into how we win, it may not be following the paradigms that we're used to, of like endless competition or belittling others. Or one of my favorite kind of bizarre inquiries into life these days is, why do we say it's a dog-eat-dog world since dogs don't eat dogs? We say that, right? So, sometimes all the time. So, it's just that sense that I think we have so much conditioning. You'll feel better about yourself if you can put down others. If you just disparage others, um, you'll feel better. The way to get ahead is by trouncing everybody. You know, never mind that you feel completely alone in the end. You know, and so... Uh, we have to be willing to really challenge a lot of assumptions that we make in order to really move forward on this path. And we do. That's what we're actually doing through these practices. That's why it's not just an intellectual exercise. We're actually continually examining and looking and exploring and stretching uh, out of what we're familiar with or what's convenient or conventional to really see for ourselves where uh, a much greater strength and happiness might lie. Okay, so thank you. I'll see many of you, though not all of you, tomorrow. We have some announcements.
1: Thank you. And we will be closing with a dedication of marriage shortly um yeah so if anyone is not registered for tomorrow there is still space available uh you can register at the door in the morning uh, same time as today's day long's day long Uh, also tomorrow is going to be live streamed on the computer as well so um that information is on our website At the end of the day, um, could Joyce Applebaum and Karen Thompson or Tomsek, uh, Joyce Applebaum or Karen Tomsek or Thompson, please see me in the front office? Appreciate that. Um, A few people asked where they could put uh, their donations to Sharon, and uh, just to reiterate, there are wicker baskets. In the foyer, marked Donna D A N A. At the end of the day, I would like to encourage people to keep their chairs where they are. We're going to keep everything set up for tomorrow. Sometimes we put chairs away at the end of daylongs, but we're going to keep everything out today. Um, I would just like to thank Sharon again for being here today. Um, looking forward to seeing you tomorrow too. Um, and earlier, you know, as we do metta practice, um, sometimes it can be difficult to choose a benefactor. Uh, and if it's difficult, I encourage you to use Sharon as wow. a benefactor. Wow. Thank um, you. Yeah. Um, and I would invite everyone to do that now. Um, if you would like to. Verbally share your meta for Sharon. I would invite you to do a call and response. <coughs> Sharon, wow! <laughs> may you Surprise. may you be safe. Sharon, may you be happy. Sharon, may you be, happy. Sharon, may you be healthy. Sharon. May you remember deeply who you are. May you live a life with ease.
0: Thank you. (laughs) That's so beautiful. Do you always do that here at Spirit Rock? Wow. (laughs) I'm odd. I want to take you with me wherever I go. You're amazing. (laughs) You're amazing. Wow, that's beautiful. thank you. Okay, so the concept of sharing merit is a very uh, classical Buddhist concept. The belief is that when we do something toward the good, we're generous, we're kind, we're restrained. like it's really it would be really easy to tell a lie, but we don't. We meditate even if it feels like the practice was totally crummy, right? The fact that we sat down to do it. Uh, We inquire. We want to learn. We want to understand life. All of these things are considered productive of a kind of energy, a very powerful, positive energy. That's what is usually translated as merit. And at the end of a, a retreat or even at the end of a sitting, if you want, it's quite customary To first of all appreciate that merit. Like, it's not like conceit or arrogance. There are an awful lot of ways of spending a day. And you came here. And then we don't go home, you know, and think, wow, I made a lot of merit. (laughs) But we offer it, we share it, we dedicate it. And that's how we conclude with that reminder to ourselves that, yes, it is very positive. And yes, I can take delight in that. And it's important to offer that positive energy. Okay, so we'll do it as a, a form of, of loving kindness or metta. I'll repeat it as I am accustomed to do it. You can repeat it silently with whatever words make sense to you. So the first part is really (coughs) dwelling in that delight. There are a lot of ways of spending a day. Look at this. That I choose to explore, to understand. Maybe I'm willing to take some risks and step out of what's most comfortable or convenient. And we feel it, fill us. It's like honoring the force of goodness. That's the merit. And then we offer that positive energy to those who've helped us. Maybe they've helped us get here today or they've helped us while here today. They helped us long ago. So, whoever comes to mind with whatever words make sense to you, I offer the power of my practice, I offer the merit of my practice to you. May you be safe, be happy, be peaceful. And those whom we know are hurting or struggling, as that affirmation that our practice could never be just for ourselves alone. I offer the merit of my practice to you. May you be safe, be happy, be peaceful. and to one another as we've co-created this experience. And then all beings everywhere. May the merit of my practice be shared with all beings. Known and unknown, near and far. May all beings be safe, be happy, be peaceful. So thank you so much. Safe travels and see some of you tomorrow and hope the rest soon.